Hello everyone and welcome to Cody's Car Conundrum. I'm your host, Cody Wagner. Here we'll discuss everything related to the wide world of automobiles, including culture, news, games, interviews, and events. Without further ado, let's get on with the show. Hey, hey everyone, welcome to today's episode of Cody's Car Conundrum. We're doing something quite different here because I've decided to read one of the various magazines that I have. And I chose a, a rather interesting issue of Motor Trend to read. This one is March 2020. It was the Shelby GT500 versus the Corvette Z51. It has a massive red GT500 on the issue. If you, A, don't have it in one, if you want to find it on eBay, or... If you have multiple magazines like I do, and you have to go fishing for the issue. So why do I bring this up? Why am I making a podcast episode about a magazine? Because I've never done that. Well, this one's probably going to happen anyway once I start reading more of these. Because, you know, I'll be talking about... I'm sorry. Uh, I'll be talking more about the stories and what I liked about them and information and blah, blah, blah. So... Not only is it now sort of my job to read information on the internet, I'm now reading information in magazines. Which is, to, to tell you why it's funny, this is more, that'll mean oh, I've been doing more reading than I've done in a long, long, well, physical reading. More physical reading than I've done in a long, 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 long time. And so this issue, this issue was quite interesting because they have, they're comparing a base, well, a relatively base C8 Corvette. I mean, the one in the issue doesn't even have the optional splitter or the optional wing that we've seen a few Corvettes have, and we've seen why they got delayed because they're in short supply. This has the normal Z51 wing and the normal relatively un-amazing un spoiler. Or, sorry, not spoiler, splitter. The really relatively unremarkable splitter on it as well. So, it's a fairly base-spec C8 Corvette. It's a fairly normal-spec C8 Corvette. And they're comparing it against the fastest of the fastest Mustangs, the GT500. And something I want to note here is not only is this, not only were they comparing a normal GT500, they were also comparing a GT500 with the carbon fiber track pack. And that's important for later. But they also compared it, as they rightfully should have, with a C7 Corvette. And this is very important to the, to, to the main idea I'm going to be talking about not terribly long from now, and the C7 is a part of that. You know, one of the things that Motor Trend was saying in the article was that, you know, obviously the GT5, and they were testing at Virginia International Raceway, or VIR, and hold on, which which layout was it? It was one of the longer ones. One, it was the track length, the full course, it was 3.27 miles, and yeah, so that was, that was the track they were running it on. VIR, full course, 3.27 miles. And so they were saying that, you know, rather obviously the GT500 murdered the the C8 Corvette down the straight. I mean, they have all the telemetry here, so I can tell you about that. Let's see. So turn one, the max speed the GT500 got up to was 160.2 miles per hour. The Corvette got up to 150.9. So the Mustang's a full 10 miles per hour faster into turn one. Interestingly, though, into the corner, the Corvette pulled 1.17 Gs compared to the GT500's 1.12 Gs. And this is, you know, I can immediately go into one thing that I've that I've talked about for a while when it comes to cars is that it's all about perspective. Because you could say, Cor you know, Chevrolet have done a darn good job if it takes up a, you know, a max effort Mustang, and even then the Corvette still pulled out a better G-load than the, the GT500 in that corner. Or you could say it's impressive that Ford managed to get a Mustang, which is... The GT500 is about 4,000 pounds, a good nearly 500 pounds heavier than the C8, and they managed to get that close, you know, in terms of, I think, chassis, not ch chassis dynamics, but 
chassis orientation, the Mustang's at a pretty big disadvantage. Not only is it not as FMR, say, a Viper or a C7 is, it's also a lot heavier, and it's also a lot bigger than a C8 is. So, technically speaking, it's at a lot of disadvantages here, and Ford still managed to get it close, get it close to a mid-engine sports car. I still tend to lead, I still tend to lean on the C8 end of the spectrum, though, that it's more impressive that Chevrolet got a base sports car like that to be nearly as fast as a full as a max effort Mustang, but it gets it gets more interesting than that pretty soon. So you have turn three here. The Corvette still pulled more G's than the GT500. It did 1.19 G's compared to the GT500's 1.16 G's. And then let's see, do they have down the down the back straight like 5A, 5B, and you know that long back straight that everyone loves? Do they have the speed for that? I don't think they do. I'm not seeing it, unfortunately. Anyway, though, what I'm look from what I'm seeing here in terms of sheer cornering ability, the Corvette has the GT500 beat. It it does in pretty much every one of these corners, but on the straight between corners 12 and 13, the second straight after uh, I think the corners what they called you know they used to have a tree there. I don't remember what the corner was called properly, but it used to have a tree and then that long straight. The GT500 got up to 166.5 miles per hour down that back straight. And the Corvette only got up to 153.6. And so this isn't surprising that the GT500, even with perhaps having a slightly less aerodynamic shape and then also having the aero, is faster. It's got 760 horsepower compared to the C8s. I think, they, I think they've been saying 595, so roughly 500 horsepower. This isn't surprising. But then you get, you get to the corner. You get to the braking zone for, thir for corner 13. And interestingly, the Mustang actually pulls more Gs than the Corvette. It, has, it gets 1.63 Gs of of braking force whereas the C8 only gets 1.42 and let's see I'm looking here it seems to me that in every big braking zone the GT500 only you know only well I say only slightly but it does have more braking force than the C8 but you go back we go back to the other side of the track here for corners 13 and 14 and I think perhaps 15 the Corvette does 1.14 G's through the corners whereas the Mustang only does 1.09 it's not a massive difference but it's still impressive that the C8 does do a better job with its cornering ability in 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 those corners. And then you have on the other side of the page here you have speed comparison. The Mustang is consistently higher, is consistently higher except for a few areas than the Corvette. And so it's interesting now that we're at a point where a pony car, not a full-blown sports car like the Mustang, even gets close to a mid-engine to a mid-engine Corvette. And the fact that we have a mid-engine Corvette, but it's interesting that the GT500 even gets close. And then when they were talking about the sort of driving dynamics, uh, it, it's interesting because I think there, there's generally praise here for you know for both cars that the Mustang is very is fairly composed and very very effective, but they do say it's a bit more brutish, whereas the Corvette is a more finely tuned instrument, a bit more European in its nature than the Mustang is. They do say though that when you go inside the Corvette, the Corvette's got a better interior. It, there's just no comparison. That it's pretty obvious that. While the GT500 is cool, it still does have a lot of lower-end Mustang bits in it, whereas the C8 is a lot more exotic by comparison. And I tend to agree. I tend to agree that the C8 is a lot more exotic by comparison just by looking at it. Just by seeing the two side-by-side -side visually, the C8 is a lot more exotic. Here's a really telling excerpt from this, from this test. The VET excels with exotic appearance precise and agile handling, and balanced power with a nice rush of strong jet-like urge. The muscle tang crushes like a bodybuilder with brains. Its huge forward forces do not overwhelm its chassis, sorry, do not overwhelm its chassis as in many of the beloved classics we've known before. The Z8 Stingray carries like a life, the striking new shape that will grab attention from a block away. It's 
Its lines do a terrific job of conveying more sense of value and beauty, yet it's still imbued with a half-century, half-century plus of genetic identifiers. Okay, I thought they were going to talk more about the performance. Didn't mean to add that later part in there, but they do talk about... They, it wasn't all praise for either, and the C8, they were saying... I think they were saying that the C8 was a little bit twitchy. Let me go find the specific sentence, or paragraph even. Okay, so technical director Kim Reynolds, when they were doing figure eight testing, he spoke about... He were, kind of complained about strong understeer and then a bad combination combined with the surprising amount of snap oversteer. And so the way that Chevrolet engineers fixed that is they added more negative camber front to rear and then they changed the tire pounds by four or changed the tire pressure by four pounds. And apparently that that fixed some of the problems that he was having with, with both issues. Although at the end of it, at the end of it the writer said I don't I don't even I'll have to go back and see who's writing this very specific piece. It's probably at the beginning here. Words. Randy Popes. Okay, so Randy Popes. That's what he was saying. Okay, so Randy says that my synopsis of the on-track performance of the C Z51 C8, it's a vast improvement on the nervous brute that is the C7, especially when it comes to putting power to the ground combi combined with delightfully direct steering response and better still LSV8 surge. So there you go. The C8 on track is an improvement over the C7, or, Rand or at the very least, Randy believes it's a vast improvement over, over the C7. And that for track duty, you might want to add a little bit more negative camber to your C8s if you want less snap oversteer and less under uh, less understeer. Here now though, here's where we get to my the biggest reason why I'm doing this podcast. They show the lap times at the end of at, or not not the end of the article, but or end of this magazine, but near the end of this piece. And so they had they did a few tests, and I'll go down the numbers. So C8. Corvette with street suspension and with the passenger did a two minute oh three point sixty eight at VIR the three point twenty you know the full course three point twenty seven miles long a C seven with track suspension with a passenger did a two oh three point fourteen so faster with the track suspension but then you go to the C eight with track suspension and with a passenger and that did a two oh one point nine so just under two seconds faster than a C7 with track suspension and both had a passenger. And and let's talk about that first before we continue. I don't think Randy is ultimately wrong that the C8 is probably a vast improvement over the C7. And not that some not that a second and some change isn't a isn't a isn't a big difference between two cars. But because you know I'm kind of an FMR fanboy, a, a traditional sports car fanboy, I this is where that perspective talk comes in. I look at that as a C7. For all the hype of the C8. For all the hype that this was going to be a, a destroyer of worlds and eviscerate the C7 in every possible metric, which it sort of does, on track, it didn't beat the C7 by as much as I thought because if for the price of a C8, you could get a C7 and get lighter wheels and better brakes and make up a second and a bit right off the bat. You might even be able to get a splitter or something, just something, you know, there's a, or even a small power adder, maybe an intake, maybe... A relatively inexpensive exhaust again for the money that you save from a c8 by buying a c7 you could make it that second and change faster that's that's not as fast as the hype said the c8 would be and so to me that's kind of a testament to just how fast the c7 is if an fmr sports car like that got that close to a technically much more modern mid-engine sports car and they both have similar power and they actually both weigh Relatively the same. A C7 is about 30, I think 3,400 pounds. And the C8 tips the scales at about 35, 3,600 pounds from what I've seen on Murder Trend's website. 
from their own tests. So the extra power certainly helps with the C8. The better automatic transmission certainly helps with the C8. I think the bigger tires helps, the better brake. That, 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 those upgrades to the car that you could have applied to a FMR C8, I think have helped to make the C8 faster, less so than, than its engine placement, genuinely. Even though I think as it, as the feeling to drive the two cars is vastly, it might be vastly improved because the C8 put the engine behind the driver. And next we move to the C8 with a track suspension, however, with no passenger, and that did a two minutes and 96 milliseconds. That's the time that it did. And unfortunately, we don't have a time with the C7 with the track suspension without a passenger, nor do we have a time with the C7 with street suspension with passenger, which is unfortunate, but that's pretty good. That's pretty good lap time. And then you move on to the Ford, the Ford Mustang Shelby GT500. This had no passenger. They didn't change the suspension or anything. And that did a 159.6, faster than all the C8s and all the C7s. And so again, you look at that and you say, wow, the GT500, that's really, really fast. And it is, and it especially is in roll races, but you got to look at it like this. Or I, Well, you don't have to, but I look at it like this. A C7 with track suspension with a passenger did a 203.1, a vastly more powerful Mustang with vastly bigger brakes, better tires probably, more down and more downforce did a 159.6. That's not not a big gap, but let's if we look at the C8 and the C7, they they've been about at a 2 second difference. So or or 1 second and a bit. So if the C8 track suspension no passenger did a 2 did a 2 minute and 96 millisecond lap time, I bet you a C7 with track suspension with no passenger would maybe do a two a 202 dead or maybe a high 201 if Randy was really on it at that time maybe and that's a base C7 that's not it doesn't say C7 ZR1 Z06 none of it it's it's as base of a C7 as the C8 is so probably a C7 Z51 Stingray and with no passenger you're probably looking anywhere between a mid to high 201 to a low 202 lap time and a max effort Mustang is only a bit faster than that that to me is a testament to how to how fast proper sports cars are to max effort sport coupes or pony cars like the Mustang GT GT500. But then you have one last lap time, and that's with the carbon fiber track package, and that had no passenger. That did a 156.3, and so that is that that is definitely faster than a C8 or a C7, just bar none. But again, a max a max effort Mustang like that is less than a second with no passenger with a C8 with track suspension, is less than a second faster than a base C8, and, and unfortunately they don't have the street suspension without a passenger, but even still you look at the C8 with the street suspension and that's a few seconds off. And if you can just tune it to, if you can just change the alignment to the track suspension, no passenger, and gain three, well, because the street suspension had a passenger, but still you're gaining about, you know, two and a half seconds with the with the track suspension. Again, to me, that's just a real testament to the C8. And then, of course, I'm a Viper guy, so I look at it like this. If a base C8 and a base C7 got that close to a GT500, in my mind, there's no question that a Gen 5 Viper would probably beat a GT500 if both had no passenger. Because a, ma a not completely max effort, but a max effort base GT500 is only... Again, is only is less than a second faster than a C8 with track suspension and no passenger. So you take a Viper, which has more power than a C8 Corvette, bigger tires, and is lighter. A bit, you know, a base Viper is about as fast as a C6 ZR1 from Laguna Seca. You know, from all those years ago. I do think a Gen 5 Viper would be faster, no passenger, with, along with a GT500, no passenger. I do think it'd be faster than a GT500 because it's more of a sports car, you know, supercar, but it's more of a sports car 
he designed than a normal Mustang is, even though this is a max effort Mustang. I don't think it would beat the carbon fiber track package. I don't believe that at all, but I do believe it could beat a normal GT500 because it's got, again, more power, bigger tires, and less weight than a C8. Perhaps it doesn't have the, you know, quite as mid-engine uh, mid driving dynamics to aid it, but it is still, it does have a 50-50 weight distribution and a short wheelbase. That just shows how fast, a, you know, in my mind, I just think of that as that just shows how fast a normal Viper. It also shows how fast a C8 and C7 are. If it takes a max effort Mustang to beat a base Viper around a track, then, you know, I feel relatively comfortable in saying that an ACR would probably beat a GT500 and even the GT500 uh, carbon fiber track package around VIR. And VIR is kind of a downforce heavy track. It's important to realize that, you know, that's why it's, it's faster than a normal GT500. It's got added downforce and probably stickier rubber. And so that's kind of the real, you know, that's the real reason why I wanted to do this podcast was to point out just how fast a normal Gen 5 Viper is. Like it may be, it might, it might not have the TA Aero or anything like that, or even the TA brakes, but it's a normal GTS or SRT Gen 5 is no slouch. If a C7 can get that close to a C8, which technically has a bigger dynamic advantage than the C7, and if the C8 can get can get that close to a max effort Mustang, then what if you start off with a faster with a faster base car, a la the Viper? But there you go. So, a Ford Mustang GT500, for those who are wondering, is faster than a, a base C8, or I would say C8, but we don't even have the Z06 yet, so that's not strictly true. But it is faster than a base C8, and it's faster than the C7. But if you don't have that carbon fiber track package on track, you're not going to be depending on the track of course but you're not you're not going to be leaving that c8 for dead or you might not be leaving that c8 for dead because it it has an advantage it has the advantage in the corners and it's lighter and if and think of you know think of it like this if with a track suspension and no passenger c8 got, got that close to a normal gt500 for the money that you save not buying the gt500 you again better brakes better tires lighter wheels you'd be hot on the heels of a gt500 that's what some people, I think, kind of need to realize is even though, like, Camaro ZL1s, ZL1 1LEs, and, hey, GT500s, they're not not fast. They are very, very fast. Nothing beats having a proper sports car that is smaller, that is lighter, that is more geared towards handling, more geared towards the corners. Viper, Corvette, Jaguar F-Type, Porsche 911, you can't beat that because that's a tried-and-true recipe. Simplify and add lightness. <laughs> Although, you know, not... You know, if you look at McLaren, they're not necessarily simplifying, but still, even still, because I bet you a McLaren 600 LT, would, I mean, to be fair, that is a $300,000 vehicle. But even here, we don't even have to go to something that, that expensive. A base C8, a base C8 is close to a max effort Mustang. Not with, not, it's not close to the carbon fiber track package, but even still, a base SRT Viper, a base G, uh, you know, a GTS Viper, Gen 5 is close to a max effort Mustang. And again, I think it would beat the GT500 without that carbon fiber track package. I really do, because if a C8 can get that close with track suspension, imagine having more power, bigger tires, and less weight. You don't have the automatic, unfortunately, and that might slow it down, and that, well, that will slow it down. But you have 120 less horsepower than the GT500, compared to even, even an even greater deficit with the C8. Although, to be fair, I think the C8 does have better aerodynamics, but still, for all you Viper owners out there, are kind of worried, you know, oh, I'm not going to, you know, look at all these insane track weapons. It's like, mm, you know, if you're a good enough driver, you will be able to keep up with a GT500. I mean, that's, you know, that's kind of obvious. That that kind of goes without saying, but I I think from 
from a sheer capability perspective, a normal SRT or GTS Gen 5 Viper definitely has the capability to keep up with a C8 or GT500. I think the one thing that really, really lets it down is that I think the C8's got, probably has better brakes. And the GT500 definitely does. And I mean, on sheer rotor size alone, but if a base C8 can keep up with a GT500 like that, even if it needs track suspension and no passenger, although the GT500 also had no passenger. And again, it's less than a second difference. The GT500, 1 minute 59.6 compared to the Corvette's 20.9. I think absolutely a Gen 5 Viper can keep up, and it doesn't have to be a TA, a TA 2.0, an ACR, or an ACRE. A normal SRT or GTS can keep up perfectly fine. And that just goes to show you, it's hard to beat making a proper sports car from the get-go. So there you go, everyone. What do you think? Do you think that that, you know, what's your perspective? Does that show just how fast the Mustang is? Does that so show just how fast... The C8 is, or are you kind of, you know, combining a bit of the two and also realizing that, you know, that just shows that it's hard to beat a, a purpose-built sports car. If you enjoyed this podcast and if you're listening on Podbean or Spotify, you know, please leave a like, follow the podcast, share the episode, comment if you can. If you're listening on YouTube, like, comment, share, and subscribe, and hit the little notification bell. That way you're notified every time I upload. And I, did I say it? All notifications, just in case. I didn't even, I don't even know why they added that, but anyway. If you want to listen to this podcast on the road, but don't have or want the Podbean mobile app, well, then just boot up Spotify before you go, type in Cody's Car Conundrum, and then choose the episode you want to listen to. I hope you enjoyed. I'll see you all next time. You've just listened to me probably ramble about some cars, if I'm being honest. If you've enjoyed me passionately talking about lumps of metal on wheels, then why don't you follow me on Twitter at Cody Carr, C-O-N-U-N-D-R-M, or check out my website, www.codyscarconundrum.com, for articles and other car-related content. If you have any questions or would like to become a sponsor, send an email to drtaffy777 at gmail.com and put sponsor in the subject line. Make sure to follow me here or any other platform so you don't miss out on more full throttle content. Thanks for listening. I'll see you all in the next episode.